Good morning, everyone, and God bless you. Thank you for tuning in today. We hope that uh, this message encourages you, empowers you, and strengthens your faith. We know that on the day of Pentecost, one of the things the Bible says is that when they were all in one accord, the Spirit of God came and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And that's our prayer today, that the Holy Spirit is going to fill your house right where you're sitting. Whoever's there in the room with you, your family or friends, we just pray that God's power touches you and God's Word changes you today. That's the power of God's Word. Uh, we know that a lot of things are happening. A lot of people are praying for a breakthrough. They're praying for miracles. They're praying for change at this point. And uh, God is taking us through uh, something uh, unique, and we're going on this journey. And sometimes I, I think of the old saying that it says that if I had the power of God to change my situation, I would. But if I had the wisdom of God to change my situation, I wouldn't. And sometimes we have to realize that what God is doing in us is so much more valuable and powerful than what is happening around us. And so I want to encourage your faith today. I know it, it's easy for me to stand up here and say that, but I know that some of you are going through some difficult times. But uh, I want to encourage you today, stay strong, keep believing God. God is going to uh, bring a breakthrough and God is going to hear our prayer. God is going to work for us and through us. And if we just stay faithful and patient through this time, but it's not going to be long. I know that we're waiting and waiting, but it's not going to be long. God is going to break through and God's going to do amazing things through us, through his church and through believers around the world. So I'm looking forward to what God is going to do. Today, I just want to minister just for a few moments. And I want to just really communicate something to you today that God wants to use you. And whoever you are, wherever you are, God's got a call on your life. God wants you to fulfill his purpose. And God is calling you to something amazing. I want to read for you just a scripture here out of 2 Corinthians chapter 4. So if you just turn with your Bibles or click on your device, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, starting in verse 7, going on to verse 10. So I'm going to read a few verses, just be patient with me, uh, and just read this scripture together. I want to just minister to you today about what God thinks about you. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7 through 10, it says, We are like common clay jars that carry this glorious treasure within, so that the extraordinary overflow of power will be seen as God's and not ours. Though we experience every kind of pressure, we are not crushed. At times we don't know what to do, but quitting is not an option. We are persecuted by others, but God has not forsaken us. We may be knocked down, but we are not knocked out. We continually share in the death of Jesus in our own bodies so that the resurrection life of Jesus will be revealed through our humanity. I believe that God calls ordinary people to his extraordinary purpose. And I know that, I don't know who's listening to me today, maybe you're in the ministry, maybe you're active in your church, maybe you're still waiting on God to do some things in your life, bring you into a ministry. I want you to know something, God is no respecter of persons. He doesn't love me more than He loves you, doesn't hear my prayer first because I'm a pastor. God has called you to His service, to His purpose, to His ministry. And God is equipping you, God is enabling you to do what He called you to do. God is giving you the grace to do it, the strength to do it, and the power to do it. And God wants us to be willing and available and obedient so that we can fulfill his purpose in the earth. God calls ordinary people to do extraordinary things. In Exodus chapter 25, I just want to give you a picture of something in the Bible and minister to you through this. But in Exodus chapter 25, starting in verse 10, 
Moses gets instructions from the Lord to build the Ark of the Covenant. Now, for those of you who, who are, uh, you know, back in the 80s, you remember Indiana Jones. And a few months ago, they were running this marathon on TV. The Indiana Jones starts out with Raiders of the Lost Ark. Talks about the Ark of the Covenant and how uh, the, they were digging for this, uh, uh, you know, this um, archaeological um, treasure. And this, oh, it was so awesome. But, you know, this, this thing is real. The Ark of the Covenant was real. And God gave Moses the instructions to build the Ark of the Covenant. And it's very interesting. And I want to go through just a few things. But in verse 22 especially of Exodus chapter 25, not only did God say, I want you to build the Ark, then He gave them specific instructions, which I'll go through in a little bit, about what the Ark should look like and the purpose of it. But He said this in verse 22. He said, And there I will meet with you. I will speak with you. From above the mercy seat, from between the two cherubims, which are on the ark of the testimony, about everything. I'm going to speak to you about everything which I will give you in commandment to the children of Israel. So I'm going to speak to you. I'm going to meet you and I'm going to speak with you. Now the Ark and the Covenant is very interesting. Uh, you see it. It's very beautiful. It's golden. But the Bible says that they took a case and to, to make it about, well, about four and a half or four feet wide and roughly two and a half feet wide and two and a half feet high and it was just a case and they were to overlay it with gold they had gold on the inside gold on the outside and it had a beautiful molding around it and uh, it had four feet on the bottom and it had four rings in each corner so that they would take these wooden staff wooden poles that were overlaid with gold and they would put them through these rings so that people could carry them on their shoulders that's how they moved the ark from place to place and the Bible says that on top of it, it was called the, the atonement, or the, the, the top was called the atonement cover. And then on top of that was the mercy seat. And what the mercy seat was, it was two uh, beautiful angels, cherubims. The Bible says cherubims, two uh, majestic angels. And they, um, the Bible says they had their wings outstretched, and they were facing one another. And that was called the mercy seat, and on top of it. And historians believe that, it, and, and they've kind of calculated everything, and thought, well, if this was overlaid with gold and gold was on the inside, this thing would have been about over 500 pounds. So it was not just a little case. It was a very heavy thing to lift. But for the Israelites, for the children of Israel at the time, it represented the presence of God, where they were meeting God, where they were to meet God. It was in the Holy of Holies, in the tabernacle of Moses, and behind a veil, it was in the back room, but it was where they were going to meet God. And also, if you look in the Bible, and you'll see that over again it talks about in the Old Testament about how that when they took the ark into battle it, they were successful they won the war and at one time their enemies the Philistines took the ark and thought well gee if it works for them uh, it's going to work for us but uh, they didn't get anything but curses and all kinds of woes and so they said you need to take this thing back and so they gave the ark of the covenant back and so uh, and that was the time when David was king and so we see this beautiful box we see this beautiful uh, uh, this piece of furniture that God said I'm going to use to meet you there and speak to you but you know something let's just look at it for what it is it's a box the Bible says that it was made out of acacia wood it was just plain wood common wood it was a heavy and dense wood that they used for furniture but it was very common it wasn't very expensive and it wasn't hard to find it was absolutely common and it was just a regular box that had gold inside of it and stuff inside of it but God said I need to start with a common box you know something God needs a box 
God is looking for ordinary people. He just wants common people that he can move through and use to do extraordinary things. We're not extraordinary. We're nothing without him. Jesus said, without me you can do nothing. But through him we can do all things, the Bible says. It's not us that makes us so special. It's Christ in us. It's what God is doing in our lives that people recognize. It's not necessarily our personality and our charisma and our gifting. It is just ordinary people, amen, just connected to an extraordinary God doing what he wants us to do. God needs a box today. That's all he uses. He uses this common box and he overlays it with gold, puts stuff in it, and he said, now that's valuable. That's where I'm going to meet you. God needs a box. One of the uh, interesting things about the text that we read in 2 Corinthians in verse 7, I'll read it again. It says that we are like common jars of clay that carry this glorious treasure within us so that the extraordinary overflow of power will be seen as God's and not ours. This treasure that Paul is talking about here is the really the, he talks about the light of the glorious gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ is this treasure we've been given. And you know, if you look at the Ark of the Covenant, what made it so special, what made it unique, was the fact that God designed it so that you could put stuff in it. And so there was a few things in it. And, and, and the Bible makes this clear what was in it, in the Ark. There was a, three things in it. Number one, there was the Ten Commandments. The Bible calls them the Tables of the Covenant. There was the Ten Commandments. Were in, then the, there was a golden pot, and inside of that was manna. That was the sweet bread that the children of Israel were fed with daily from God. And they had parts of it. In fact, it was so unique, you'd think that if you put uh, bread inside of a box for a long period of time, it was moldy and it would die. But the Bible says it was preserved because it was inside the box. It was preserved, and it was a miraculous uh, way that God preserved that bread. It was a miracle. And the third thing that was in the ark was Aaron's walking stick that had budded. It actually grew leaves. It was a miracle. It was so amazing. And so what do those three things represent? Those three things really represent, number one, the Ten Commandments represent the Word of God. The Word of God was inside that box. And then God's provision and care. That's what the manna represented. It was God's provision, His care for His people while they were in the desert. How God took care of them and He showed His kindness to them. Uh, that's what it represented. And then Aaron's rod represented the priesthood of Jesus, The the really the... How Jesus is Lord and Jesus sets up leadership and he, it's his leadership and his priesthood. That's what it represented. You know, I just want to read you some scriptures that confirm that what God wants to do is not just make us look great, that's, you know, for him, but he wants to do something inside of us. He puts things in us. Listen to the scripture in Jeremiah 33, 31. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God they will be my people. Ezekiel chapter 36 verse 27 says, I will put my spirit within you and I will cause you to walk in my statutes or my commandments and you will be careful to observe my ordinances or my ways, my commandments, my teachings, my instructions. Jesus said in John chapter 14, he said that the Holy Spirit is going to be with you and he shall be in you. And, and, and we see at Jesus' baptism that the Spirit of God came on Jesus. And in Acts chapter 2, the Bible says that tongues of fire sat on each of them and they were all filled 
with the Holy Spirit. So just like that plain, ordinary box in the Old Testament that we see God used, He put His Spirit on the outside. The Bible says He's with us. He's going to come upon you. That gold was on the outside. But He said the gold was on the inside. There was something amazing on the inside. The Spirit of God, the Word of God, is on the inside. That's the work that God does in our life. He puts His Word in us. He puts His Spirit in us. Amen. And he puts, amen. He puts that knowledge that he is our provision, his love, his kindness, his grace is also on the inside. God takes ordinary people and he just fills us with his spirit. He takes something so common, uh, like we see that box of wood, and he fills us so that we can fulfill his purpose in the earth. He took someone like Abraham, someone like Gideon, someone like Josiah, someone uh, uh, like uh, you know uh, Rebecca. He took people like this who were just common, ordinary people who, who really just wanted to do what God wanted them to do, and he did extraordinary things through them. That's God, and that's what he's doing in you. That's what he's doing in me. That's what he's called us for. He didn't call us just to stand by. He didn't call us to spectate. He didn't call us just to be here until he comes back again. He wants to uh, use us. He wants us to be active in his purpose, in his will, serving him. Amen. Now, I understand that when God calls us, the Bible says that he gives gifts to men. He gives gifts, different gifts, and different types of gifts, and different levels of gifts, uh, according to our abilities, according to what we can handle, according to what we're doing in our lives and what we're called to. Not everybody's the same. Not all the gifts are the same. Not all the callings are the same. The Bible says that we're like the body, uh, the natural body. There's hands and feet and eyes and all kinds of things, blood vessels and cells, all things that make up this body. So it is with the church or uh, uh, Christians. We are the body of Christ. And so we've got to function that way. We can't look at each other and say, you know what, I'm better than you or you're better than me. Every one of us have a function. Every one of us, God has put something unique in us, something He's uh, invested in us so that we can fulfill His purpose. It's not our dreams, it's not our goals, it's not our desires that we're after. It's His will. It's His purpose. And God does something amazing in us. The things that we go through actually will help us get to where God wants us to go that we'll be able to do what God wants us to do. That's the way it is. And God's so good about it. He's so patient. He's long-suffering. He works in us. He works with us. And He works through us. And I really believe that. As Paul said, it's no longer I that live, but it's Christ that lives on the inside of me. Anything inside of me, any hope of glory, it's Christ. It's Christ in me, the hope of glory, as Paul said. There's no ladder of success in the kingdom. There's no hierarchy. There's no economic class. There's no social status in Jesus Christ. The Bible says that we're all one in Him, and He's all equipping us the same way, giving us the same spirit. And I'm so thankful today that God had called you and called me to do what, what he wants to do in the earth. God needs us. God really is, wants us. He wants us to step up into the call that he's called, given us. And he doesn't want us to sit on the sidelines and make excuses and say, you know what, let somebody else do it. You know, I'll come to church and I'll let my preacher preach for me or read the Bible for me or tell me how to live or I'll let other people figure it out. I'll just kind of cruise here and I'll just sit back. God has not called it 
that way. He's not made it that way. He's not called you to do that. The Bible said he's given people like me, a pastor, uh, and other people in the body of Christ and in the kingdom to equip you, to help you, to encourage you. And not just to, to, to be your priest or your, uh, your uh, uh, kind of just your teacher alone, but to be the assistant, to be uh, just an encourager of what God wants to do in your life and to be a strength to you and to be an equipper. Uh, that's what a pastor is. That's what a leader is in the church. And so thankful for that. But God never compares you to other people. You've got to understand that. God never looks at you and says, you know what, you're, you're better than somebody else. And God doesn't say that you're not as good as other people. God does not compare you to other people. God only compares you to the potential you have in Him. Did you know that? God compares you to the potential you have in Him. You know, looking at this, uh, this box, looking at the Ark of the Covenant, what did God say about this? What did God say about this box? Here's what God said. That's where I'm going to meet you. That's where I'm going to speak to you. That's where the, the, the King James uses the word commune. That's deep fellowship. That's what God wants. He wants fellowship. He's saying, I want you to, to come to a place where I can talk to you. I can meet with you. I can live there. Or you can live there with me. And, and, and it's, it's not just uh, us in Him, but it's Him in us. It's not just us following Him or, or us spending time. He wants to spend time with us. And so this is so important that He said, I will meet with you. I will fellowship. I want to speak to you. I want to give you instructions. I want to teach you. That's why it's so important that we learn to walk and follow the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit has given us the instruction in God's Word. How God wants us to live. What He wants us to say. Where He wants us to go. And how He wants us to do it. God is working with us and in us and through us. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 21 in the Living it says, If you stay away from sin, you will be like one of those dishes made from purest gold. The very best in the house, or a vessel of honor, the Bible says, so that Jesus himself can use you for his highest purposes. God's working in us. He's sanctifying us and purifying us. He's working in our lives, and he's, he's getting some things out, putting some things in. He's removing some things, he's putting some things in. He, he's working in us. He's teaching us to believe God and believe Him in difficult situations, to go through valleys, to go through deserts, to go through storms, to go through fire and trust Him. Because I'm telling you, God will never leave us. He'll never forsake us. He, the Bible says that He's going to bring us through, amen, when we trust Him. I'm so thankful for that. I just want to give you some keys that, that, uh, to be a, a box that God uses. Just be willing. Just be willing. Say, God, I, I'm nothing special. There's nothing really special about me. Or you can say, God, you've given me a lot of talents and abilities, but I'm willing to do what you want me to do. I don't want to go my way. I don't want to live for myself. I don't want to look out for number one. I want to be concerned about your will, your purpose. I'm willing to go. Uh, and we see this in Isaiah's life when he was a young man. Isaiah chapter 6. He said, who, who will go? And Isaiah said, Lord, here am I. Send me. I am willing to do what you want me to do. I'm willing to go through what you want me to go through in order to be who you want me to be. Lord, you are the one that's called me. You're the one that started this work in my heart. You're the one that's going to finish it. I'm willing. I'm willing to flow, follow you wholeheartedly. I'm willing to go all the way. I'm willing to be faithful. I'm willing to, to be committed, Lord. I'm willing. The second thing is, is that we need to be available. Lord, I'm available to you, as that old song says. Uh, Lord, I'm available. 
I don't see a lot of times we compare ourselves with one another. We compare ourselves with our own insecurities and adequacies, but God doesn't see those things. God only compares us to the potential that we have in Him. He's called us, He's gifted us, He has equipped us and is equipping us, and He's given us His grace and strength that we can do what He called us to do. He just wants us to be available. That's one thing God cannot do for us is he cannot make us available. We have to make ourselves available. And here's what I believe. I believe that you become useful when you become available. And the third thing is, is that we become obedient. It's one thing to become a willing. It's one thing that we say, oh, I'd love to do that. I'd like to do that. Or I could do that. Lord, I'm willing. But it's another thing when we are obedient. The Bible says that it's not just about hearing what God says, it's about doing. And, and I, I talked about this last week about hearing, the importance of hearing. It starts with hearing, but it, it, it's a follow-up of doing. Jesus said that those who hear and do what I say are like wise men that built their house on a rock. Not on the sand, not on the beaches, but up on cliffs in the rocks. So that when the storm comes, they will stand the test of time. You need to be obedient. It's not just enough to be willing and available. We've got to be obedient. And this is really where the rubber meets the road. This is where it's all uh, said and done in the Christian life. Is not just hearing, but doing. Not just being willing, but being obedient. The Bible says in Isaiah that if we'll be willing and obedient, we will eat the good of the land. There's reward there. There's blessing there. God meets us there when we obey. I believe that with all my heart. And when we're obedient, I believe it makes it easier for us to be equipped, for us to learn from the Lord, be instructed on how to do it, what to do, where to go, and the will of God for our lives. So many people are lacking purpose, and even the understanding that God has a purpose for them. And so many times we, we run to people to, to hear God for us, and to, we run to this and run to that. We want to know what God is saying, what God wants us to do, but you'll find it in His Word. You'll find it in prayer and you'll find it by getting around people that can hear from God and help you. And, uh, and we know that that's how the Lord speaks to us a lot of times. Not all the time, but sometimes. This equipping. It's His working in our lives for our working for Him. And that's what the equipping is all about. This morning, I want to encourage you, don't take for granted the things that God has put on the inside. Don't take for granted His Word. Don't take for granted uh, His provision. Don't take for granted His guidance and His purpose in your life. I, I want you to, to grow into that and to develop that in your life and, and constantly look for new opportunities. God was going to, you know, uh, uh, the Spirit of God is like a river. He's constantly moving and He's constantly leading us. I believe that. You can never come to a place in God and you say, you know what, I'm done. I'm done at, at, at uh, 50 years old. I'm done. I've done a few things for God. Now I can just kick back. No, no. Up until the day you die, I believe God's got work for you to do. God's got purpose in mind for you. Amen. But He just needs a box. That's all God needs. God needs an ordinary person to use. In John 14, 23, Jesus said, to the people around him, he said, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him, and we will live with him. And that's what it's about. And so I, I know that there's a lot of people who are waiting for the stars to align. 
They're waiting for that perfect opportunity. They're waiting till they get educated and all these scriptures they know and they uh, get, you know, get very versed in the end times and know the exact date when Jesus come before they kind of really move into God's purposes. No, that's not what it's about. You don't have to wait for the stars to align. The stars already aligned at one time in history when Jesus was born. And when Jesus was born and he died on the cross, amen, the Bible says he released purpose and abilities and gifts to men. And so when you were born, amen, God, and born again, God has given you gifts and abilities and a purpose to fulfill, amen, in Him. So I want you just to take in consideration three things that you should not pray for. That's a little different, isn't it? But in closing, I just want to give you three things that you shouldn't pray for. You don't have to pray for faith. The Bible says in Romans that God has given uh, every man a measure of faith. You just need to exercise your faith. I don't think you need to pray for anointing. You don't need more anointing. You just need to use the anointing that you've got and put in motion. The Bible says in 1 John that we've been given an unction from the Holy Spirit. Not that any man needs to be taught of somebody else, but the anointing that you receive, the Bible says, it teaches you. And you don't need to pray for a calling. You don't need to pray for somebody else from another nation to come to our nation and evangelize and do missionary work. God's called you. You've already been called. Before the foundation of the world, God has called you. And He's laid a purpose out for you, amen, to do His work, amen. So we don't need to pray for those things. We just need to pray for open doors and pray for boldness, pray for opportunities, pray for the right opportunities. Pray that you'll say, Lord, I want to fulfill a mission today, an assignment for you today, Lord. There's people out there that need you. Their harvest is ready. Somebody in this supermarket or this, wherever you are, uh, is, wants to hear the gospel, needs to hear the gospel, is ready to hear the gospel today. You know, someone said this, and I think it's so wise that they said this. God is obligated to keep His promises, but He's not obligated to keep your potential. We are. And God has gifted us to do that. We need Him, and He wants us. Amen. God just needs a box. Today, I want you to just, as we pray, I want you to just give God your insecurities. Give God your fears. Give God your inadequacies and all the faults and shortcomings in your life that maybe you feel that are keeping you back. Maybe it's excuses or maybe it's just, well, maybe someday uh, this will happen. I'm busy right now making money. I, maybe someday I'll, I'll really step into the call of God. Or maybe someday I'll be a pastor or a preacher. No, today is the day that you begin to take a hold of the purpose of God in your life and you say, God, I'm just a box. I'm, I'm just an ordinary box, but if, Lord, you, when you fill me and you overshadow me, Lord, and you put those things in me, I begin to obey, and, Lord, I know that things begin to happen. I begin to walk in the calling that you have for my life. You could be a teenager, and, and listen, I want you to know, you're not too young. Jesus was 12 years old. Jeremiah was 16. Most of the disciples were under the age of 21. You're not too young. You're not too old. You're not too small and insignificant. You're, just because people don't know your name doesn't mean God can't use you. You don't have to have a million followers on YouTube. Let God use you, amen, right where you are. And it doesn't matter whether you're ever well known. God, that's not important to God. What's important is that we obey God's call. We just come to Him and say, God, I'm just a box. But if you fill me, if you, Lord, cover me, Lord, I can do extraordinary things for you, Lord, an extraordinary God with His extraordinary purpose today. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, that 
There's people that are listening today, Lord, that I, I hope and pray, Lord, that somehow, some way I was used to encourage them and just stir them up for use, Lord. The master's use. Lord, You, when you called us, you gifted us. May we learn what our giftings are. May we learn to step in and develop the call and the giftings that you've given us, Lord. May we, Lord, activate our faith today and say, Lord, I'm not waiting for some the, 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 the cloud to, to burst and the uh, sky to open and, and all these signs. Lord, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to step out, Lord, because, Lord, I'm just a box but you can use me in an extraordinary way. I thank you today, Lord, that, Lord, you're removing all the excuses. You're removing all the obstacles, Lord, for us, Lord, and to walk in, to step in what you have for us today. I pray for those that are not saved today, that, Lord, you would reveal your love to them. You would reveal your grace to them. Lord, the amazing grace that Jesus Christ loves them and died for them and, Lord, has a, a, a salvation for them. They can be saved and have eternal life today. I pray, Lord, that you would continue to draw people to yourself. Reveal your love. Reveal your way to them. Reveal your purpose for them. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.